Hello, and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 136 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. I hope you all had a fantastic holiday period and you're all feeling positive about the coming new year. I know that I am. I want to just say thank you first of all for being patient with me over the Christmas period. I think it will be the way that we do things over Christmas here on the podcast. I think I'm going to allow myself the two weeks of Christmas and New Year to be much more relaxed and there'll be times when I probably pump out the same number of podcasts as usual and times when I just don't over the Christmas period and I appreciate you guys understanding that and uh, no one, uh, you know, there wasn't a, a clamour of complaints <laughs> that there was less new content. So I appreciate your patience with me. Thank you. So today we're talking about the second permaculture principle, and that is to catch and store energy. Now, in part one, a few weeks ago, we talked about observing and interacting. And now we're on to catching and storing energy. So let's create some batteries. We're not just talking about electrical energy, of course. In, in permaculture, energy is defined as the obvious energies, you know, heat, electricity and things like that. But also the less obvious forms of energy storage, such as trees or food, water, uh, soil and seeds. All those kinds of things are ways that we can store energy. Now, here on planet Earth, where I'm fairly confident all of my listeners are from, almost all of the energy that we actually end up with comes originally from the sun. The sun's heat even causes the wind when we capture wind energy. That's still ultimately a form of solar energy in its first instance. So solar power and wind power, windmills and things, are obvious ways that we can catch and store energy using electrical batteries. But how else? Well, there's a tremendous wide variety of different ways that we can catch and store energy. And some of them might surprise you and some of them you're probably already doing. But by incorporating this as one of our fundamental tenets of how we think, along with the other permaculture principles, what will happen is we'll be gradually nudging our way towards a more sustainable future. And by more sustainable future, of course, I mean the positive green side of that. But I also mean just our own personal well-being. We'll have to do less and less. We'll have to buy less and less. We'll be gaining more and more yields, like we always talk about in permaculture, and putting less and less in to do it. So plants are one of the biggest keys to catching and storing energy because plants have developed this amazing system called photosynthesis which we've all heard of and it basically turns the sun's photons into complex carbohydrates so the the plants are a form of battery already they're already storing that sun's energy so by harvesting those plants and storing them we are doing our part of catching that energy and by storing and using them that might be by eating them or it might be by using their byproducts to put into our compost pile or using you know other energies and waste products from those plants so composting is going to be a, a big part of catching and storing energy and it's all about closing loops you know closing the loops of energy the energy that comes to us naturally from the sun we're trying to make sure that we don't waste it that we don't allow it to escape because it's one thing to catch it the second thing is equally important and that is storing it 
Now, there's several different sort of overarching areas that we can look at. And the first we're going to look at is storing energy in the landscape. And this is all about what we're doing in our gardens and how we plan the spaces and put things in place. So the firstly, you know, like I said, by using the plant's photosynthesis to capture the sun's energy, just by planting biomass and creating lots of planted space, then we're already doing one of the most fundamental parts of catching and storing energy. Trees make up a huge part of this potentially because they can capture and store a huge amount of energy that we can then harvest and use as heat. So we can look at trees as a huge battery that stores the solar energy and ultimately we can transform that into energy to heat our homes or to cook on. Obviously, we can also use trees for all sorts of other things. We can use them as building materials or to make spoons with or whatever it is we might want them for, making fencing and outbuildings. You know, these are all things that can be made from trees, which ultimately we can grow using the sun's energy by capturing and storing it within the tree itself. Deep, healthy soils are another way of catching and storing energy by creating deep, healthy soils. Those soils are going to be much better at retaining rainfall, which is another way of catching and storing energy. They're going to encourage plant growth, which feeds into that first element we spoke about, about just increasing the biomass. And deep, healthy soils are possibly the planet's best resource for carbon storage. Now, that's something I went into in a bit of detail in the Kiss the Ground episode, talking about the Netflix documentary that addresses that exact point. Another way that we might store energy in the landscape would be by building ponds and build a pond that is at the highest point on your property, perhaps, so that we can allow that pond to gravity feed water the rest of our property by directing it in certain ways, by using overflow pipes that basically set up an irrigation system to put the water where we want it from that high point and using the stored energy of gravity of the water that's already at the highest point on our property. There's 101 different ways that we can catch and store energy. And in the rest of the podcast, we're going to be talking about lots and lots of them in all sorts of varied aspects of what we do. It's really easy for you to get in touch with us. You can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook, where we have the Self-Sufficient Hub group and the Self-Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. The next big theme when it comes to catching and storing energy is to use waste. So manure and byproducts from animals that we might keep, whether it's chickens, horses, goats, whatever it might be, by catching and storing that waste in your compost pile, by not allowing what might otherwise be seen as a waste product to go to waste, we're again closing the loops. We're not allowing that energy to just leach out of our system. We can apply these same principles to human manure. If we wanted to build a compost toilet, we can apply these same principles to the grey water in our houses by catching and using these things that we would 
quite often just considered to be a waste product, then what we're doing is we're not allowing that energy to leach out of our system. We're keeping it within our system and going to be reusing it time and time again. And that is one of the biggest parts of the thought process that goes into catching and storing energy. Another area completely separate to storing energy in the landscape is storing energy in buildings. So just designing buildings a certain way. So in this day and age, quite often you'll see individual houses being designed so that they're facing a southern aspect. The idea being that just by having the building south facing, it's going to heat the home from sunlight for free in a certain element. It's not going to obviously provide all the heating that a home may need depending on where you are in the world but it's going to reduce the requirements for heating elsewhere and we use these principles on a smaller scale all the time when we're siting a greenhouse or a polytunnel we're going to site it in such a place to be in full sun in so doing we're going to be catching and storing energy because we're going to be catching the energy from the sun during the day and we're going to be heating up that space and because it's enclosed it's going to store that energy because the temperature within your greenhouse is going to stay a degree or two above the temperature just outside because we've stored it within there obviously when it comes to storing within buildings, talking about homes again, active solar and wind power we can capture as well using PV panels on our roofs, using wind turbines. These are all ways that we can capture and store energy for free. We can also use air and ground source heat pumps. These are basically just a, a modern technolo technological way of capturing the heat that's naturally within the ground and pumping it to where we want it or capturing the heat that's naturally in the air and pumping it to where we want it. By capturing this energy and pumping it into our house, we're storing it for use where we need it. So it's not just about the electrical side of things. Now, obviously, we can take steps economically. We can purchase PV panels. We can purchase batteries and we can use our capitalist economic system to create some of these changes, to make some of the, the changes we need to move in the direction of catching and storing energy. And obviously, I highly encourage those, but they don't have to be linked to spending money. Not all of these things are things that are to do with buying the latest technology. We don't have to buy solar panels to be able to catch and store energy. There's lots and lots of other ways ways of doing it, particularly when we're talking about the permaculture principles. So the next big area is storing it within our households, within our actual homes, in ways that we generally do things and go about our day-to-day -day living. So preserving the harvest. If you're going to be basically harvesting your plants and bringing them in the house, you've caught and stored energy because those plants, the edible parts of those plants that we're looking for, they have captured the sun's energy and the energy from the rainfall and the energy from the compost that we've given them, which is all part of our closed loop. And we, they have turned that into this beautiful edible fruit or vegetable. And we have then harvested that and brought it into our house, thus storing it. If you wanted to take that a step further by preserving our harvest, by drying the fruit, perhaps by fermenting things, by making wine with them that are going to store for a long, long time, what we're doing is we're effectively capturing all that energy and making it into a long-term stored version of that energy, which is what this principle is all, around, all about. Now, this doesn't just extend to the things we eat. There's also firewood. So by 
properly harvesting a tree by curing that wood so that it's just right and then by storing it it can store for many many seasons and that is effectively just like a battery it's stored energy we've captured that energy that the plant the tree has photosynthesized it has turned that solar energy into the wood and then we're going to store that wood and save it for winter another thing that we might do every autumn is to save our seeds. Now, when you think about it, when you think if you're growing bean plants, you might save just two or three beans for saving the seeds. And just by saving those few beans and drying them, that's going to give you an abundance of beans in the future. And what you have done, again, is you've captured and stored that energy. As soon as you've dried it, you can store it for a very, very long period of time, years before you need necessarily to plant it. And by capturing that potential energy that's in that seed, you can see how this system of closing loops and not having waste, it just snowballs and it adds to itself. It compounds on everything else that we're already doing. find self-sufficient hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places we have a youtube channel we also have our website and now there's our facebook page and facebook group links to all of these you can find in the show notes come check us out So with all of these things, the idea is to basically capture in abundance and then use in scarcity. And if you grow vegetables, then you'll be very familiar with the idea of this because we have gluts of certain things growing at certain times. If you're anything like me, you're certainly going to be growing for gluts. You're going to be growing more than you're going to be able to eat at any given time because it's not something you're going to necessarily have fresh access to 12 months of the year. The idea being that you will then store it for use year round. So the idea of having gluts in the vegetable garden might be one we're quite familiar with. But all we need to do is really turn our focus elsewhere and we can see that we have gluts all around us all the time. They can be gluts in rainfall. So by having a water butt attached to your roof rainfall collection system, you're capturing that energy and storing it for use another time. The glut of rainfall is one we don't have any control over, but we can definitely control whether or not we allow it all to go to waste. The gluts happen all around us. The gluts happen in sunshine even. The very, very famous phrase that you will all have heard of, I'm sure, make hay while the sun shines, sort of captures this really, really well because... It kind of tells us not only that there is a glut of sunshine that we can use, but it also tells us that we have a window of opportunity to catch and store that energy. So while the sun is shining in the summer, that's the time to cut your grass, make your hay in those few days that the sun is beaming down nice and hot on that cut grass and you're turning it and turning it into hay all the time. You're capturing that energy, both of the sun and of the plant. So. I'm going to run through lots and lots of other little different ways that don't necessarily fit neatly into a category, but just different ways of thinking about how we can be capturing energy and storing it. So one of them is something I do all the time, and I imagine a lot of you do, and that is mulching. Regular mulching does all sorts of different jobs to catch and store energy. Firstly, the mulch that you're putting on itself, that is a form of 
caught and stored energy because as that breaks down and effectively composts in place and gradually gets worked into the soil by worms, then what you're doing is you're using that stored energy to add to the health of the soil. As I said before, these all compound each other. So you're getting lots of lots of net benefits from that one thing. But in addition to that, even beyond that, what's happening right now, we've mulched all of our vegetable bed and particularly where we have some of our perennials, for instance, our asparagus and our runner beans that I'm attempting to perennialize, that mulch, what it's doing is basically acting as a duvet, as insulation. So by acting as insulation, it's helping to trap and store the already caught energy that is the temperature of the soil below it. That's doing two things. It's both protecting the plant that's down there, but it's preserving the energy that we've stored in the soil by helping to keep that temperature up slightly higher than it otherwise might. So that's how mulching is going to really make a difference when it comes to catching and storing energy. You can also use uh, gravity fed systems. For instance, we've got three ponds, or we will have when they're finally complete, and they are very, very close together, but they're built on three slightly different levels. So the idea being that I can use a very, very simple solar pump to pump from the bottom pond to the top pond, and the rest of the work is being done by energy that I've caught and stored by the nature of the ponds being on different levels. The top pond will simply overflow into the middle one. The middle one will simply overflow into the bottom one because we've caught and stored that energy, the gravity energy that we're going to be using. You can also use gravity-fed systems for things like compost bays. I've seen compost bays built next to each other where they're all three on different levels going almost like a big set of steps the idea being you fill the top one and then when you're ready to move it from one to the next you kind of remove the slat in between and just very easily move it with a pitchfork rather than having to lift it and move it so it turns the compost almost for you so by capturing that gravity energy that potential energy when you fill the first compost bin then you're using that energy that you've stored as it moves down the bays. Another way of catching and storing energy is by keeping honeybees. Now, what's going to happen if you keep honeybees is those honeybees are going to go out and they're going to harvest lots and lots of pollen all through the spring and summer and autumn. And this is pollen that has been made by the plants, energy, photosynthesizing. So it's originally solar energy and the bees are then going to well, they're going to do the whole job for you. They're going to catch and store it. They're going to catch it, turn it into honey and store it in what are little energy batteries. These little batteries of energy that are honey that's going to be both for their use and, if you're lucky, for yours as well. So just by having honeybees, you're already using this second principle of permaculture by catching and storing the energy that your plants are making and turning it into honey. You can now support the show directly. Just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. You can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount. Pledging as little as $3 a month makes a huge difference. If that's not your thing, you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media. We really appreciate all the help that you give us. It's people like you that make this show possible. 
So how else are we catching and storing energy? Well, you're probably doing it in ways that you're not even aware of. Thermal mass is a great way of storing energy. So where we live, and this won't be the case for everyone, but we live in an old house. It's literally hundreds of years old and the walls are about a foot and a half to two foot thick of solid stone. And what happens is that thermal mass, that mass of stone, basically warms up during the sunny periods. It warms up in the summer during the days and then it radiates heat in the night. And this same process happens in the winter when we're burning wood on our wood stoves. So we might have our wood stoves going during the day. And during the day, the thermal mass of our walls are heating up. And then at night, when we shut our wood stoves down, so we, we do keep them in all night long, but they're shut down to a very, very low level. They're giving off really minimal heat. And what's happening is the walls are then radiating some of that heat back into the rooms as well. And it's a way of catching and storing energy. Drying food, I've already spoke about, but there's something else to consider. If we're going to be drying food, then of course we're catching and storing energy because we're, we're storing the energy that is within that food. But what if we sun dry it rather than use a dehydrator or an oven? If we use a solar dryer or literally just dry it in the sun, depending on how lucky you are with the weather, you're catching a second form of energy. You're actually catching the solar energy that's beating down that day to dry the food, thus storing that additional form of energy, but also saving you the energy that you would otherwise have spent. If, like me, you are a carnivore, you might also be harvesting animals. This is another way of catching and storing energy. And if we think right back to the start and we think about how almost all of the energy that we have ultimately comes from the sun and the first step in much of the process, not all of the process, but can be the photosynthesis of plants, well, chances are your animal's food will be derived predominantly from plants. So you've ultimately captured that solar energy by it being photosynthesized into complex carbohydrates and eventually find their way into your animals and they eventually find their way harvested and stored be that in your freezer or cured or however you might be doing it so by harvesting animals you're also catching and storing energy and this again ties into the idea of capturing during abundance and using in scarcity so you're you know you're not going to be harvesting an animal every single time you want to eat it you're going to be harvesting when they're ready when there's a glut and you're going to be storing them for use when there isn't there are lots and lots of other really really simple ways to catch and store energy and many of them will be available to everyone things as simple as just raking up the leaves that fall around your trees, perhaps on your lawn if you have one, or anywhere else they are unwanted, by raking them up and using those leaves to create either a leaf mould type mulch or by just adding them to your compost bin, and leaves are a fantastic addition to compost, then again you're capturing, capturing and storing that energy. Wood chip from tree surgeons and other Otherwise, what would be considered as waste products, all these things, by capturing them and by reusing them, repurposing them, you're catching and storing energy. So in a perfect system, if your system was perfect and no system is, there would be absolutely no waste. Everything would be reused. So the idea of taking waste products wherever we see them, whatever they might be, and using the energy that's in them, 
without allowing it to leach from our system. And by using all these different ways that I've mentioned, whether it's by having a colony of honeybees, whether it's by creating thermal mass areas, wherever it might be, by capturing this free energy and storing it is one of the key permaculture principles that builds towards this giant picture of a permanent agriculture system that requires very, very minimal inputs, but it always allows you an ever-increasing yield. There are lots of other things that I haven't mentioned, things like insulating homes. You know, we all know how important that is to reduce our energy costs. And as with everything, you know, catching and storing the energy is one part of it. But by looking at the flip side and reducing the amount of energy that we actually need to expend, then the effect of that caught and stored energy is that much greater. If we're using 10 units of energy, then catching and storing one energy unit is only going to represent 10% of our total energy use. But if we half the amount of energy we're using and we're only using five units of energy, then every single unit of energy we capture represents 20% of our overall energy use. So all these things, as I always say, compound each other. So... That is the second permaculture principle, to catch and store energy. Part three will be next Monday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we are definitely back on our regular schedule of podcasts now, back on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. And I'm looking forward to a fantastic 2021 to share with you all. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.